Hey everybody, this is Jason Oltoff coming at you along with Ty. We are here with our cab podcast, our coffee and business podcast. So, hey, Ty, you know what? It's been a while since we've actually got together over the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, whether it's on a Zoom or even in person. Share with us a little bit about what's been going on. I know you've been doing some traveling uh, uh, out of state, doing some photo shoots and stuff like that. So share with us how your last uh, week has been going. Yeah, really good. It's been busy. We've uh, um, we've been kind of on our last big push here uh, before the summer ends with uh, some work on the road with clients. And so that's kept us uh, pretty busy. And so um, we're kind of wrapping up a last of last of our big events or projects here that are going to take us out on the road. And so, um, yeah, we've been all over Washington and back to Montana and then back to Washington. So it feels like <laughs> I've been in the car a lot and back and forth and back and forth. But but yeah, it's good to be back here. Um, I don't know if we'll put the video version of this, but I'm in another hotel background. It seems <laughs> like I'm always always a background roulette so um how about you i know you've been uh uh pretty busy at a bunch of different events and in all sorts of stuff yeah it seems like when i have a, a few minutes as uh, somebody comes in and steals it from me yeah so it's uh <laughs> you know we, we have set for a thing and then as soon as that one thing gets canceled or pushed back something else jumps in and and it takes over so yeah it's been busy since uh, uh our kids from germany they were here for three weeks and and they've been gone now. And so, yeah, things are just kind of uh, getting back to normal. But we've been busy doing a lot of things, getting uh, things with CAB. We got an exciting uh, event happening this week. I got a uh, uh, continuing education uh, seminar that, that I'm a part of tomorrow. Um, it's, it's like eight hours long. So it's going to be a long wow. A long day and stuff, but I'm doing the tech stuff for that. So I got to get that set up. And, but otherwise, yeah, things are going good. Uh, we're moving along and, and uh, I'm excited to get back in, into doing this podcast. We're a little bit late from last week just because of uh, our schedules, you know, and that's, uh, uh, that's understandable with everything that we got going on. But the beauty is that we can do it on, uh, uh, do it uh, on, on video feeds or, or audio feeds and stuff like that, where we physically don't have to be somewhere. So you can work out a hotel room. You can work from anywhere. You can build this uh, system that we're talking about with podcasts and stuff anywhere. So, so that's, that's exciting. Yeah. So, Hey, um, for everybody that's listening tonight or today, whenever you are listening to this or watching it, if we do shoot the video out, we haven't decided what we're doing on that part yet, but uh um, I was uh, had somebody on Facebook talk about different forms of income and how to generate income. And, and I call it multiple streams of income and stuff. So we're going to dive into that tonight. We're going to talk about three that I know about. There's other income streams out there and stuff, but we're going to talk about ones that we know about or that we're familiar with. And, and the first one, uh, um, as we get rolling, we're, we're going to talk about three. Like I said, there's more, but we're going to talk about three. So make sure you leave maybe a note in the comments uh, uh, or share this with somebody else and say, hey, did you know about these three forms of income? Or do you have these three forms of income or three types of income? And uh, see what the responses are. But we want some engagement. We want to know if this is valuable. And, and as you see it and you hear it and, and you say, hey, I never heard of that type of income. How do I get it? Reach out to us. We'll, we'll share some uh some experiences and some different ways for you to uh, uh, get some of that stuff. So, so anyways, Ty, why don't you kick it off with the first form of income that we were talking about earlier? 
Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think this is probably the most common. And I think a lot of our listeners are going to, you know, maybe, um, or I should say most people fall in this category. And I guess like, you know, backing up before we get too far into the first type, um, and maybe you can, you could disagree with me, Jason, if, if you think it's different. But I would say that for the most part, people are going to have a blend of these three types of income. You know, maybe you do, um, you know, you get, I shouldn't say lucky, but maybe you get to a point in your life where, you know, you're relying on uh, some of the other ones more than others. Um, but, you know, you're going to start in one category and hopefully work up and, and build these other types of income up. And then, you know, maybe you do get to a point where, okay, you're going to shut one off and, and the other ones are what's keeping you going. Um, but this first type of income is what's called linear income. Um, I've heard it called earned income. Um, basically, what, what this is, is that every, everything you're doing, you're working for. Um, so you can think about it as a salary, um, an hourly income. Um, maybe it's a commission you know, if you're working on commission, basically linear income, you know, think about a graph, right? There's, there's the two axes on the graph and income is on the, um, I got to think back to my vertical. math, but vertical, and then your, your number of outputs. So whether it's hours, whether it's contracts, whether it's uh, number of units that you're selling, right? As that goes up, your line's going to increase. So, um, so this is the most common, right? This is what most people are going to identify with, whether you're an employee, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a contractor of some sort, um, mainly it's going to be dictated by your output. Um, and, and that's where it really kind of locks you into, or I guess just should, puts a lid, I guess, on some of your, some of your income. Cause right, you can only work so many hours a day um, you can only sell so many things a day. You can only make so many uh, hamburgers a day as one person. And so not that uh, earned income or linear income is a bad thing, right? You should have that. It should be your primary focus uh, for, you know, your initial, as you're building your business or as you're getting started in your career, right? You should focus on this one. In my opinion, you should focus on it the most, because you want to build that up to uh, a good enough level that you can start to invest some of that income into building these other foundations in the other types of income. Um, because I think a lot of people get wrapped up in, um, in some of these financial gurus saying, oh, you need passive income, um, or you need uh, these other types of income. But they forget to say, hey, you need some income from linear, you need some earned income to be able to build these other ones, unless you know, you're know you one of the few people that inherited a lot of money and uh, you know that's not a problem for you. But I'm guessing that for most people, uh, that's not the case. So building linear income is a big deal. Um, that's where you should put a lot of your focus on. But once you get to a certain point and you know, we can't decide that point for you, um, that's when you've got to think about diversifying the types of income um, because I guess, and, and maybe Jason, you want to talk about some of the downsides, you know, like we said, there's a cap on some of that income, you can only do so much. And so once you hit that, you're kind of limited out. Yeah, you know, that's a good explanation of linear income. Uh, one thing that when I talk about linear income, 
you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's up and down type thing. It's, it's linear, but I look at it as I go to work, I get paid. I don't go to work. I don't get paid. Other people control what we do, how we do it and how much we can make. They tell me the value I am worth based on the job that I'm doing. Nothing's wrong with that. 80% of uh, North Americans today have some form of, of a linear income, you know, a job or something. Now, years ago, that didn't used to be that way. Years ago, it used to be there, you know, 80% were self-employed and 20% were the ones that were working for other people. But today, um, it is it is flipped. So like Ty said, you know, you do need to have your linear income um, to stabilize the other stuff to get going in it. Um, eventually, the goal would be to not rely on it because right now what happens, I mean, we've seen it during COVID. We've seen it over the last 18 months. Jobs gone like that. I mean, they, I mean, they're just shut down. Businesses are shutting down daily, you know, and then not only, not only businesses shutting down, but now with mandates and all these different things where they control what you make, they say, Hey, because of this, you're out of work because of this, you're out of work, you know? And when that happens, they control that limit. They can stop you from making any more income in that category. So that's where the other two are going to be instrumental. Now, not everybody can do all three. We're just talking about the three that we're involved in because, and there's other incomes out there and stuff like that. So, so there's nothing wrong with, uh, um, with any of these incomes, but don't rely solely on just your linear income because we are finding out that people are unemployed tomorrow um, and they don't have a nest egg. They don't have the other two incomes. Wouldn't it be nice to say, hey, you know what? We're going to have to let you go because, uh, um, because of this situation or whatever. And for you to say, hey, not a problem. I, I've been wanting to go to the lake for three months. Now I can do it. And you can't do that if you don't have some of these other types of income uh, available. So if that makes sense, Ty, it's, it's uh, you go to work, you get paid. You don't go to work, you don't get paid. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think even, even for business owners um, and I'll, I'll kind of divert back to what I know best um, and, and Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, right? Um, linear income is generally going to be that left side of the quadrant. You're definitely your ease, like you were talking about where you're showing up and someone else is signing your paycheck. But even for those people that fall in the self-employed quadrant, you know, or a specialist quadrant where, you know, maybe you're doing a lot of the work for your company, you know, maybe you're, uh, you've got a painting company, and you're the one that's still out there painting the houses. Um, you know, that's, that's still um, volatile, like you income, said. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, something happens and the, you know, the economy pulls back and people aren't, in, you know, updating their houses as much, you know, that's going to take a dip. So it's, it's really not that the other areas of income aren't going to be um, having some volatility or have some um, ability to go down, but this one's very dependent on you. And so whether you're a business owner, an employee, you know, this affects everybody. Um, and again, it's not that you shouldn't have this and it's not that you shouldn't be focused on it, but um, build that up so that you can dive into these next two. Um, and, and I'll be quite honest, like I'm still at a point where I am focused very heavily on linear income and trying to get that to a good place. Um, and, and so now we can kind of, I guess, transition into the other two. And, and I don't know if it'd be helpful to kind of talk about them at the same time. 
Um, but, but these are, you know, these are almost a little bit confusing to me. And, um, you know, Jason, if, I don't know if you want to kind of explain what those two are and we can kind of like talk about the differences at the same time. Um, but definitely these are kind of that next step, right? Once you've built that linear income up, you've been, especially as a business owner, you've been investing in some of the infrastructure to add these to your business, um, I think that's definitely a next step for people that, that really is the, is the game changer for them in their business. Yeah. And I do want to clarify something that you said on the linear income. You're right. It's, it's you dependent, whether you're the business owner or an employee, it's still relied on you and you have outside forces that you can't control. You can't, you can't control the economy. So your business can go down because like I said, not many people are doing a, roofing projects or painting projects and stuff like that. So your income uh, drops. And so you're right. Linear income is not just a job, but it is you dependent uh, pretty much on everything else. So the next two uh, incomes that we're going to talk about is leveraged income. And then we're going to talk about residual income. And we'll kind of do these, uh, kind of show you where the differences are. They're very similar in some of the structures and some of the structure on the um, leveraged income and stuff can be residual income also. I call the residual income the eighth wonder, and you'll understand here in a little bit as we talk about that. But uh, right now we're going to, I'll just kind of explain what leveraged income is. And, and I'll equate it to something that you know most people can understand is leveraged income is bringing people together or building a team and having your team out there working um, and, and you receive a percentage from everything your team does. So you don't make a lot of money from each team member from what they, from their sales or anything else like that. But, every, but those little bits over a, a lot of people, whatever, can create a large income. And then it's not you dependent anymore. It's still, they have to do something in order to get paid for you to get paid. So it's not the same as residual, which we'll talk about. But uh, I'll equate it to like a, a real estate broker. So you have a real estate broker. So let's say I come to town and I'm going to open up my real estate agency. And I go out there and I hire 30 agents. You know what? My real estate company on the outside looks like I'm huge. Like I have a lot of business, right? A lot of agents and stuff. But I don't pay anything until those agents sell something. And until they sell something, I don't make anything either. So I could have a lot and, and it's like having 30 independent contractors out there working for me and they sell a house. Now I get paid a percent. I don't have to sell the house. I get paid a percentage of the house that they sell. So if they are on a 6% commission and let's say they split it with the, the brokerage of 3%, they get 3% and the broker gets 3% to cover all the expenses and stuff like that, that come along with that. So you had 30 agents out there and they each sell a house, you're making 3% off of each one of those sales. But I never sold a house. I didn't have to sell a house. I had 30 people selling a house. And so you leveraged uh, building a team in order to create that income, if that makes sense. And then Ty, do you want to add any more to that? And then I'm going to kind of jump yeah. residual and kind of, kind of piggyback back and forth on them. Yeah. And, and I'll, again, I'll kind of, um, you know, before we were talking, uh, before we hit record um, about some of this, but but even since we hit record, I've I've kind of made this connection in my head about cash flow quadrant, right? 
because and I think we've talked about that book quite a bit on this podcast. Um, I, I think that uh, leveraged income really fits into the B quadrant, which is business, right? And it's about building systems and building teams. And so what what you're doing in this quadrant is is you're investing in the infrastructure, right? And even you know removing uh, you know to kind of a different example, think about a lawn care company, right? You are hiring people to go out and mow the lawns. So you, you know jumping from linear income, every every lawn you mow is forty five dollars. However many you can mow in a day, that's your income. To jumping to okay, I'm, we're going to hire three people. We're going to get mowers for them and trucks and trailers and weed whackers and leaf blowers. Um, now we're taking, okay, maybe I could mow eight yards a day. Now I'm going to multiply that by three and they're going to get a percentage of what they mow. And then I'm going to get a percentage of, you know, what's on top of that. And obviously you've got business costs associated with that, but hopefully you're, you're structuring it right. So that some of that, um, margin is going to be able to come back to you. Like we we're talking about with, you know, a, a pizza company or a, you know, a burger place, right? Adding a second location, adding a third location, right? You're, you're removing yourself from some of the day-to-day -day activities, right? You're not ha actually having to be the one that's, you know, forming the pizza crust and, and putting the sauce on it. You're not the one that's necessarily managing every single aspect of the business. Uh, but like you said, it's, it's building a team. It's, it's building a system, uh, putting pieces in place that uh, you're multiplying your, your income, right? And so you're, you're not going to be um, limited to what you can produce in a day, but now you're, you're providing resources to other people and saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to increase our output here. And then obviously with that, you're going to start structuring it so that you know, you're obviously paying them and the additional cost that comes with that. But as you increase that cost, you know, what might be a small margin is going to be a lot. Uh, the margin itself isn't going to be bigger, but you multiply that over many, many, many units, then that starts to, to look a little bit better. And you're not as dependent, right? Because when you own 10 burger locations and one of them isn't doing well, that's better than owning one burger location that's not doing well, right? <laughs> yep. You've still got nine other ones that are doing better. Um, so, so really thinking about it. And again, comparing this cash flow quadrant, which is kind of the doctrine that, that I, I like to follow, this is that B quadrant. So if you've read that book or you're thinking about reading that book, leveraged income, you can think about it as B, you're in the B quadrant. Um, and that's, that's a, I think, a good uh, separator too, because you think about B uh, business and I investor, they're very similar. And I think people can get them confused too, similar to leverage and residual income. But, you know, as we talk about residual income, hey, that fits right in the I quadrant um, in, in a lot of ways. You know, it, it, it can still you can still have residual income without being an investor, uh, but we'll kind of get into that. And I don't know if you want to kind of kick off that residual income topic. Yeah. So I just wanted to um, also let people know that leverage income is still capped. Okay. So, um, but you can still have leverage income and, and still produce some residual income from that. But when I say that it's capped, so if you bring on those three, uh, 
uh, lawn care guys to, to mow yards. Now you're timesing it by three, right? Or a couple, you know, and so now you take that eight, eight yards a day times three, that's 24 yards. You're still limited at 24. Yep. You can't go any higher unless you bring on more people. So the only way that you can grow that is to bring on more people, more, more uh, pizza places, more whatever it is in order to grow that number, um, grow that, that number up because you are still limited. Residual income, um, how I like to look at residual, I call it the eighth wonder because this compounded stuff, it just, that's what gets me. That's why I got into the insurance business. That's why I got into legal shields, you know, because of the residual income. And, and what, how residual income works is I do the work one time and I get paid for the lifetime that that person is still a member of mine or an insured of mine, or they, they have a, a, let's say it's membership based and they pay a monthly subscription. I get paid everything they make that money, but I only sold it once. I didn't have to resell it. So if I go out and sell, so I'll use a, so let's say I sell a thousand dollars worth of products today and I make 150 bucks. Let's say I make 15%. So I make $150, but in six months, that $1,000 product is a renews. Let's say it's a renewal, like, let's say like insurance. So in six months, it renews for $1,000. I don't have to resell $1,000, but I make $150. So if I go out today or in six months and I sell another $1,000 uh, policy, I make another $150. So now I made $300, but I've only sold one time that month. I didn't sell more. I just uh, uh, did the the simple disciplines, just the simple disciplines, and I created that residual income. What ends up happening re with residual income, though, in order to get it built up, you do a lot of work up front, and sometimes for not as much money. So later on, you can do less work for more money because you've just built up that residual. Investing is is one of those types. You know, investing you can win. You know, you can lose some on that too. But let's take investing on, on real estate property. So we were just talking about real estate as, as an agent. But what if I bought property? So if I wanted to make $100,000 a year in the real estate investment side, let's say on each property that I bought, it was going to turn a profit of $300. So let's say I bought a, 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 um, a house or a duplex or whatever. And my payments are... X amount of dollars, but my profit is $300 out of that. I would need 28 properties in order to make $100,000 a year at $300 profit from each property. So how much money would I need to have in order to do that? That's where the linear income comes in. That's where your other forms of income can come in to create that because it's not that easy just to go out there and say, hey, I'm going to buy 28 properties because I want to make $100,000. <laughs> you might have to spend $10 million to do that. You know, you might have to, to get, have a good uh, a relationship with the banker or whatever in order to be able to buy the properties that you want in order to turn that type of a profit. And you and I both know, I mean, $300 doesn't sound like a lot of, lot of money, but you have a lot of it. It can be a lot, but also that $300 has to cover, hey, you know what? I got profit, but now my furnace went out on this house and I've only owned the property two months. So I've only earned $600, but it's going to cost me six grand to fix that furnace. So you have a lot of expenses, you know, that can come out of that. So, so just saying, hey, I'm going to buy 28 properties that turn $300 profit to make $100,000 does not necessarily work out that way. I mean, there is a lot of work, but, but it ends up being passive income. You pay off those properties. 
now it's just passive income that's coming in and you're not really doing the work. You've already bought the stuff. It's already there. You've invested in it. It's already there. That's one form of uh, residual income. The other one I like is just, hey, people buy from you and you don't have to resell it. Like I said, like insurance or Legal Shield, they, they have a membership. Every time that they make a payment, I get paid a little bit. It's not a lot of money on you know, it needs a little bit, but you have a lot of that that can turn into a lot. And that's, that's what creates wealth. And that's how you can eliminate or reduce the linear income to pull back mm-hmm. on it. Like we were talking in the beginning, you know, you need it in the beginning, but you could at some point either eliminate it or, or reduce it. Say, Hey, I'm only going to work part-time now, or Hey, I got laid off. You know what? It works out perfect because it's hunting season. You know, now I can spend the next three months hunting or whatever, and then uh, figure out what to do after that. So that's where the residual and leveraged income can come in and really uh, create a well-balanced uh, financial future um, for, for somebody. Um, but it, it's not something that, that residual income doesn't happen overnight. It's built up over time. And that's, uh, that's the, the, like I said, the eighth wonder. It's that compound, the compounded interest. You know, you, you have a life insurance policy out there that's earning some cash value. Well, next month you're earning interest off of whatever the cash value that you accrued. The next month, the same thing. So you didn't put in any more money, but your cash value continues to grow and you earn interest off that, off that money. And that's what I love about residual income. So what were you going to say, Ty? Yeah. So I, I, you know, another example of, of residual income is like an author or maybe an artist uh, releasing a song. Um, So the author writes a book and, that's that big work up front, like we talked about. And then every time a copy sells, it's residual income just coming in. Same with, uh, you know, a band, right? They're going to release the song every time it gets played on the radio or on Spotify um, or somebody's buying a CD. If they, you know, people are still buying CDs, right? That money's coming in. So somebody acting in a movie, right? They're, they're playing it on TV, that licensing comes back somehow and they're going to get some portion of that um that's, and, that's and like and I'll, I'll use this as, a, as an example because it's an old tv show gilligan's island yeah <laughs> those estates are still making money yep because yeah. they're being played that's residual yeah. income yep and then um you know you think about for for business owners that are maybe trying to structure uh you know some other products you know we talked about life insurance um or, or other financial products, but you think about memberships of some sort, um, you know, it, that's where sometimes it kind of starts to blend the lines, but, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe a gym is a good example of, of residual income. Maybe, maybe that's not the perfect example, right? But um, every month people are paying to be, have a membership, but you had that heavy upfront cost in um, equipment and the facility and, you know, you've got employee costs too, but um, you know, it's, it's basically just every month people are paying and that's your factor, right? Is okay. The more members we have, the more residual income we have. Um, but it's not like you're having to make and sell a new product every month, right? People are coming to the gym. Yeah. You might have to fix things up or invest in new equipment or, you know, hire some instructors for some classes, but membership uh organizations that's a great residual income uh structure and you know you know that very well with uh legal shield and having a membership right that that is providing that um you know they're they're gonna continue their membership fees so um i think that's just another good example try and try and build a picture of 
how you can fit into that kind of a, of a income stream. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're listening to this or watching this, you know, figure out, Hey, you know what? I'd like to learn a little bit about residual income because there's a lot of ways that you can do that. And there's some that, that, that say that they're residual income and they're not, you know, so just kind of be uh, looking at what, what works. But when, when you're talking uh, uh, like gym memberships and stuff like that, that is money coming in, but they don't have to resell it. They, they have to keep providing value, obviously, to, for you to keep it, but they don't have to resell it. We don't have to say, hey, Jason, remember that membership that you bought last month? Yeah, let's, let me resell you and tell you exactly why it's a good thing for you. Um, and, and so I would stay. I would just stay a member because that's what I did. I joined the membership to, to use the facilities and stuff. So, so yeah, that, that is a good, um, you know, anything that, that's like that can create some of that residual income. You know, when we're talking, uh, uh, life insurance and, and different, um, financial services products and stuff like that, that can create residual income. If you own certain products, you know, investments and stuff like that, you know, I always look for safe stuff, you know, when I'm doing any investments, just because I'm a little older now, you know, I don't, I'm not 20 years old where, Hey, you know what, if I lose a little bit, I have the rest of my life to make it back. Um, <laughs> so, so you try to play a little bit safe and that's where life insurance comes into play or some uh, secured uh, investments and things like that. So there's a lot of different things that you can uh, uh, build with that. But the, the biggest thing that I say when you're talking about looking at residual income is finding a company or service that you believe in and that you can market and that you can talk about and share with people. And you'll be surprised at how fast residual income can build up because you're going to share that passion with somebody else and they're going to come back and say, Hey, I want that. And I'm going to continue on with that too. And then like with what I do with legal shield, then they say, Hey, I want to be an associate with you. And I want to be one of your team members. Then they're going to start seeing that, the leverage income, but that leverage income in legal shield anyways, turns into residual income because we still get residual income off of the leverage income that they're producing. So it makes uh, makes it great. But like I said, they're small portions. They're not a lot. They're not a lot of money, but you have a lot. It makes it huge. And that's what I love about it. And, and like I said, and don't forget the linear income. That's how you get started. And that's where 80% of the people are today. We're just trying to give you some pointers on how to, look for some opportunities that might provide some of the other types of uh, 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 income for you. I know for what I see out here in Montana anyways, usually when somebody retires from the military or they retire from the job or they lose a job or quit a job, there's two areas that they always get into insurance or real estate. I don't know why they think <laughs> it's so easy. Oh, everybody's selling real estate. No, everybody's a realtor, but not everybody's selling real estate. You know, when you got three, you know, when you got 34 homes for sale and you got, you got 350 realtors, you do the math, you know, it doesn't add up. But if you're one of the ones that's on the 34 homes, you're making money. But if yep. you're not, you're not making any money. And so you got to be careful on some of the, some of the things that you get into making sure that it is a, a service or a product that people need today. The timing is right. And it's a company that's been around for a while. So yep. back to you, Ty. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the big takeaway is that all three of these income areas are accessible to people, regardless of whether you want to, you know, remain kind of more on the employee side of things, or you do want to be a business owner, or you are currently a business owner. And, and I guess a good example of that, right, is somebody that's an insurance agent, 
Um, you know, there is possibility for you to have income in all three of these areas without necessarily having to invest in, you know, starting your own insurance company. Um, I and, did that once. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, th this is very accessible to people. Um, and, and again, like we said in the beginning, it's not necessarily that you should depend on just one of these areas. Um, you're probably in one of these areas right now, or maybe, maybe you are in two of these areas. Um, but, you know, the goal is to, to build up. Um, and, and I guess I, I'd be curious on, on your thoughts, but in, in my head, at least where I'm at in, in kind of my opportunities in front of me is, you know, it, it progresses from linear to leverage to um, residual. And, and maybe you could flip those two around depending on, you know, if you're in a sales organization that residual income is a nature of the product. Um, where maybe you're getting some of that residual income before you have a big team or before you have a bunch of employees. Um, but the idea is that this is a progression, right? You're going to keep adding these um, and, and build this kind of almost like an investment portfolio, right? You want some stocks and you want some bonds and you want some gold, right? You want a well-balanced portfolio um, for your retirement, just like you want that for your income. Yeah, so and, I, and I'll use just Legal Shield as an example. You know, the, the business that I run here is, you know, I can go out and sell memberships all day long and I get residual income after they, they've been on the books for 12 months. And then on that 13th month, they make a payment. I get residual income every single month after that. So that is residual income. And that is one way to create your wealth. And then the other way is to build a team to where that also works. So I can kind of do them simultaneously. I can sell memberships, but that's going to require a lot of work. So I got to sell a lot up front in order to get the residual income because it's not going to start for 13 months. So I got to be busy for all this time so I can create that residual income to continue to go. That's why the longer you're in, in this business, the more money you're going to make. So after year two, you're making residual income off what you did on year one, and then you're making the monthly then on that. And then you're, you're also selling the new business. So in year two, you're making more money than year three, year four, and year five, as you can see that progresses. But as you build a team, it builds it faster because now if I have a team of 25 other working and doing just a couple of memberships a month, that's a hundred thousand dollars a year in income, you know, when, when you break out the math and stuff, but I don't have to buy 28 properties and spend millions of dollars to get it. So you can actually create that income uh, without being the wealthy or without having all these other assets out there because us humans are going to be the assets, you know, are the, you know, it's you know, just like with a real estate brokerage, you know, the, the humans, the people that are working there are the assets. When you talk about, uh, you know, using humans kind of as the assets here, I think the big thing um, to focus on is that, especially like as business owners, um, really culture, I think is the asset here. And, and even, even in your case, um, Jason talk, thinking about legal shield, right. You're investing in the people you're investing in the culture, you're investing in the training. Um, and that's the only way leveraged income is going to work is that you're building a company or a team, um, or a sales organization or, um, salespeople below you kind of in, in this, hierarchy of your team you know they've got to really buy into who you are who the company is who the product is they've got to have lots of training um and and good culture i think is 
is so important in um, in leveraged income and, and building that up. And so, um, you know, don't think that you can just go out there and, and find people and that, you know, oh, I'm just going to get this person and this person and this person. And once they join my team, it's, it's done. You've got to continually invest in them. Um, similar to if you're a business owner, you know, adding locations, right? It's not just, hey, I'm going to add a location and then I don't have to think about it ever again. You know, you're still investing in the people, the buildings, the equipment, um, whatever that might be. And so uh, when you think about leveraged income, you've got to think about that. Yes, the people are the assets, but the culture is what's going to be most important. Yeah. And that's still when you're, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, you know, when you're talking, um, bringing on somebody, um, it doesn't stop there. The, um, the, how do I want to say the training, the system, plugging them into the system is what's going to work. But, but, and, and I always equate it sometimes when I, when I talk about insurance, whenever I sell an insurance policy, my, my workload quadruples for a period of time. Because now you got to get everything done and get everything plugged into the system. Same thing if you're building a team to work on that leveraged income. It, it takes time to get that asset, that person. And the reason I use the word asset too is because I'm military and I was always an asset with the military. <laughs> I wasn't a human. But uh, it, it takes a while for you to get that person where they need to be. And there's constant... Uh, uh, could be some training on it, but it might start out, hey, every day we're going to talk, then then pretty soon it's every week, then pretty soon it's every other week, and pretty soon it's once, once a month. But now that asset or that that uh, stream of income is there for you um, because they're going to now be doing it. And that's why I said leverage and residual can kind of get mixed up because both of them, you really do a lot of work up front for not much money, not much pay. But in the end, you're doing less work and more pay because you're going to train up these people to do what you do. You're just training them this, the, the system, you know, how, how you do it. And, and if you can show them exactly what you did and they do that, the results are going to be the same that you got. And then if you do that enough times, you will become wealthy off of leveraged income and residual income if you stick with it. And I always say, whenever you're talking these other streams of income, what is your IQ level? And that's not your intelligence. It's your I quit level. How long are you going to be willing to give something before you say I'm done? And when you're talking residual income, it takes time. But, you know, it's that compounded time. It's that, it's that stuff that it's like taking that penny a day, doubling it every day. And what do you have after 30 days? You, you know, you got a million bucks, you know? So I mean, that's, that's really what, it, what it's about is, you know, today it might not be worth much, but over a period of time, it will be. And then what ends up happening is you start building that and you say, I can't quit that now. I'm going to continue on because that's a stream of income. And pretty soon it doesn't really matter if one or two fall out because you had the other income coming in. <clears throat> and I do want to kind of equate that a little bit to, uh, to a business wise. Um, and I'll equate it back to the insurance world. So if I'm an insurance agent and I go out there and I see this big fish. Okay. Everybody wants to go after the big fish. I find a, a, a company out there that's going to pay me a hundred thousand uh, dollars uh, for an insurance policy to cover all their people and all this stuff. And let's say I make 15 grand on that, on that one business. And you know what? I'm doing good. I made $15,000. I'm sitting good. Well, when that business leaves, because everybody wants the big fish, right? 
when that business leaves, that $15,000 goes out the door. Okay. So I would rather have a hundred businesses that bring a thousand dollars to the table and making it because when one of those leaves, I lose 150 bucks. When two of those leaves, I lose 300, but I'm not losing the whole bunch. So it is one of those things. If you're going to build a team or build an organization like that, you need to build it big because that's where your stability is going to come in when you're talking leveraged income and residual income is just because you've built something out there that's, that's going to, um, that's going to be around. You don't have to worry about, like you said, you have uh, uh, 10 pizza places out there and one of them goes belly up or whatever. You got nine others that are creating the income versus if you just had yours and one other one, that one goes out. You're, you're probably going to lose yours that you're also running. Okay. Cause that one might've been covering for some of the other stuff. So you want to have as many as you can. So if you don't have that mindset of growth and Ty, I know we've talked about this too, even in the franchise world, you know, you got to be willing to grow. And when the minute you sell that franchise, the work doesn't stop. It actually gets harder. It's a different type of work. You know, you mm -hmm. got somebody ready to start a franchise. They did it. And now you're, you're working on that, but your goal is to get them to a point to where they're going to be profitable on their own. So you can go out and start another one because because if one of those franchises uh, doesn't make it or whatever, you only lose that portion of the income. But if that's all that you have out there, you lose it all. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, kind of as we wrap up, um, I think kind of another another way to picture some of this that has co keep coming to my mind is um, your linear income is kind of like doing addition, right? One plus one yes. plus one yep. plus one. And then your um, leverage income is like a multiplication, right? One uh, times two times three times four. And then your um, residual income is more of like a percentage, right? Um, okay, what percent am I getting? Um, and, and, you know, maybe that kind of has a little bit of multiplication, but, but kind of picture that, right? Addition, multiplication, percentage. That's kind of what those three areas are. Um, and, and hopefully... Again, whether you're an employee of some sort, um, a salesperson of some sort, or you are a business owner, there are opportunities that you can find to have income in all three of these categories. And, and again, this is going to be a long process for you. You're going to be building these over years, right? It's not like you're going to join a new company, a new sales organization, a, um, and automatically all of these are going to, all these faucets are going to turn on for income in all of these areas. You know, you've really got to do the groundwork for all of these, even linear income. You know, you've got to do the groundwork for this stuff. Um, and then, like you said, it's going to start compounding and that's when you're going to really see the, uh, see the benefits starting to pay off. So. Yeah. You know, and, and I think as you, as you get to, to building the different types of income um, that you want, for stability and stuff, you're going to start seeing some of the benefits and you're going to start seeing some of the, the similarities with them. And sometimes you can kind of combine certain things in order to make it, uh, make it grow, you know, uh, leveraged income, residual income, uh, linear income, anything like that, you can kind of combine them and they can kind of uh, intertwine a little bit. One thing that, you know, that, that I do know when you're talking about uh, uh, residual income and things like that, you don't know you it's hard to evaluate or to determine how much money you're going to make because you have no idea 
you know, and I'll use Legal Shield as an example. If somebody says, after you've been in Legal Shield for 20 years, how much money did you make in your first year with Legal Shield? I have no idea because I'm still making it. If there's some mm. members, you know, so you can't count uh, the dollars where if it's leveraged income, depending on what you're doing, let's say you're, you're mowing lawns and you know, eight yards is going to produce X amount of income. And now I can do 24 and that's going to be X amount. You can kind of count a little bit of, of that income and say, okay, I want to grow beyond that. So I need to bring on more, more staff or more uh, uh, lawn care providers, different things like that, or more realtors or whatever. That's how you're going to determine that. But as far as, as residual, that's the beauty of it. These guys that are writing books and that are uh, musicians and that are actors, they have no idea what the residual income is because they don't know the next time that book is going to sell. They don't know that all of a sudden there's this money in their account. And that's what I love about Legal Shield. You'll wake up one morning and hey, there's money in my account. I have no idea what I did. You know, because your team is out there doing something or the residual is kicking in and you just don't know. Um, all you can look at is what I can do today to help build that. But in the end, you don't know the amount of income that's going to be coming in on the residual side. And that is the exciting day in your life. when you realize that how much money do you make? I have no idea. I have no idea. It just keeps coming in. It just keeps coming in. And that's what residual income is about. Uh, having that passive income coming in. But to me, to me, it's, it's cool when you don't know exactly where everything is coming from. You know, like I said, you, you, you write a book and a book sold, you don't know who bought it. You just know that it sold. Somebody liked your material and they bought it and you continue to get income from that. Or a song is out there on the radio and it gets played and you're 70 years old and you wrote a song back in the 60s and it's still being played today and you're still making money off of that song. You know, that, that's the beauty of the residual income. That's what I call the eighth yep. wonder of the world. So yeah, yeah. Even you know the you know the Beatles, their grandkids are are making money off of the songs that they sang, and yep. and that's the, I think the true power when you start thinking about that. Yeah, well, so. it, it builds the legacy. It builds yeah. your legacy. You know, yeah. I, I I heard a, a few years ago um, this guy that he says, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you bought an annuity and on every birthday of your grandson um he gets an annuity in the mail that says here's a thousand dollar annuity that your grandfather got got you or whatever he says how many of you know who your great 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 grandfather is nobody will answer that except for the guy that gets something on his birthday every year that says my yeah. great 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 grandfather gave me this this hey that's jason old that's ty taylor that did that that's my great 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 grandfather because of that so how cool and that's what residual income is it is income that comes in and then your family starts enjoying off of what you've done it's not to make them lazy it's just to say hey here's my legacy here's what i built forever and it and it gets passed on to the kids and the grandkids and the great grandkids and and keeps moving i think that's a that's a pretty neat uh, uh thing to to be remembered by is that yeah what i built a legacy yep so. absolutely so so yeah let us know uh you know on facebook or on linkedin what do you think about this what areas of income are you trying to expand into um what are examples you know maybe in your business that you can start adding some of these you know we'd love to love to hear how you can take this concept and and apply it to your life um and i, I think that's what keeps us going and 
what gets us excited about each episode is, is always hearing from everybody. And um, yeah, we've, we're still working on our exciting behind the scenes projects. So uh, we're still accepting some input. If you've got some businesses that, that you're excited about and you'd love to see featured on a behind the scenes episode, let us know. And, and hopefully they'll be a part of our um, part of our season for behind the scenes, great falls. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited about that program. We, I just uh, met with somebody a couple of days ago and he works for the city here in great falls. Mm. He's asking what I was doing. Um, he thought I was doing interviews because I was set up at wheat Montana with my video camera and, or my uh, <laughs> tripod and stuff. And I said, no, I'm just shooting some promo stuff uh, uh, personally. And, and so, but I told him about uh, behind the scenes because he, he wanted to know what positive stuff is going on. And so I say, Hey, I, you know, we've done this thing called behind the scenes. So I sent him the link and he loved it. Awesome. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to being able to get more businesses involved with behind the scenes, great falls. If you're not familiar with it, go out to behind the scenes. Um, we can put uh, the link in the, in the show notes and stuff on the YouTube channel. So you can go out and check out what we are doing and then also on our Facebook page and get involved with behind the scenes, great falls. And we're looking at obviously different areas, but it needs to be a place that we can get to. So like Kellispell, well, things like that, but it is an exciting program. But if you're in great falls and listening and you're a business owner and you want to get your name out there and you want to get known behind the scenes, great falls is a way to do that. So make sure you check that out. And then also like subscribe, share, put an emoji in this, uh, make a comment on, on our podcast. Cause that's how we know that we're making a difference. And then last thing is what Ty just said, you know, put down how you're using some of these incomes or how they can maybe benefit your business or how you can maybe include them into what you're currently doing, you know, adding leverage or adding a residual income, but put in the chat, maybe what, uh, um, maybe a different type of income that you have coming in. You know, maybe, maybe there, there's other forms of income. Obviously I know that, but if there's one that you say, Hey, this is a cool type of income that's helped us out. And so put that in the chat too. You know, now it doesn't hurt to, to share the wealth a little bit and, and share some things that, that are working for you guys to create those multiple streams of income. So with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and close out this episode. I appreciate you all being here. We talked about the three forms of income, the linear leverage and residual income, more out there, more to come on some of this stuff as we dive into some of the comments and being able to add some different features here. But with that, I appreciate you all being here and you guys have an amazing day day.